You're listening to episode 39 of the Empath Podcast. Welcome back to the Empath Podcast. I'm your host, Robin, from the diary of an empath.com. And today's episode is a, another coffee chat. So, if this is your first time listening, these coffee chats are meant to normalize entrepreneurship and help you feel safer and more supported showing up as an entrepreneur. The last episode, which was the first episode, was with Alex Wagner. So, Alexander Wagner. Alex is the copywriter here at the Diary of an Empath, and we were talking about all kinds of things, but especially around stepping into the role of an entrepreneur and seeing yourself as an entrepreneur and and connecting with your higher self and the rules that she has for you as an entrepreneur and not just looking out to what everyone else is saying you should do because oftentimes that's the quickest way to failure. So you can grab that episode if you haven't listened yet. But something exciting that I wanted to share with you before we dive into today's episode is that Alex has agreed to do a workshop for us. So that workshop is going to be in Empaths and Business and it's only going to be available this round. So in the module where we talk about showing up and sharing your work, Alex is going to run a private workshop to talk all about copywriting and how to apply copywriting techniques to your work as a heart-centered, soul-led entrepreneur. So coming from a space of integrity, but ensuring that you're using the right words that are going to connect with your audience, which is a big part of business. Being able to translate what you do into what your ideal client, what the person you're here to serve is looking for because oftentimes there is a communication barrier and there's a breakdown where the product provider is speaking different language to the consumer and so copywriters bridge that and I am so excited. I'm going to take the workshop myself and really increase my own understanding of copywriting. So if you've already enrolled in this round, you don't have to worry about anything. You will get that inside the course. It's one of the expert workshops. And if you haven't yet signed up, you can read all about the Empaths and Business program at the link below. And yes, if you're an alumni, if you've enrolled in previous rounds, you are 100% welcomed and encouraged to come back for this round to get access to those workshops. So now to dive into today's episode, it is with the beautiful Sylvia from Arami. So I met Sylvia in the last round of EIB. She had just been let go from her job and instead of being down on herself, she took it as a big clue and encouragement to begin to build up her, her soul's work and lean in the direction of the work she, she genuinely wanted to do because the job was fulfilling some aspects, but it was very, very draining. And so she saw the whole experience of being let go as 
a beautiful opportunity, which is her spirit. She's filled with so much grace and, and seeing the, the glass half full or more than half full. And it's something I really love about her. In our conversation, we talk a lot about the masculine and the feminine energies and adopting more of a feminine perspective to business. Something to note was when this episode finished downloading, there was a few areas that were pretty scratchy. There was like a sound behind them, which I thought was interesting because when we were talking, there wasn't any of that sound. And it tends to be over the areas of the conversation that are most important. The perfectionist in me was like, should I upload this? You know, it's it's kind of scratchy in some places. And then the the me, the soul me knew, of course, you know, this information is important. This information is going to help people. And sometimes it's much more about what's contained in something than the package it's in, which is actually a lesson of Libra and Libra season, which we're in as this episode's going live. Libra likes to be seen a certain way. It's an outward facing sign. And so Libra and Libra-esque people are, are associated with things like marketing or aesthetic. And something Libra gets to learn from its counterpart, which is more of that Aries energy, which we're coming into a full moon in Aries. But something that Libra gets to learn is that sometimes it's not about how something looks and sometimes it's not about the, the packaging of something. Sometimes there's so much value in, in just letting things be and, and putting things out, being raw and real. That's an Aries energy, just being real. And so I hope that you enjoy this episode. When it gets kind of scratchy and you can hear some muffling sounds, know that it's an important part. And I just hope that you enjoy being in our conversation. And if you do, be sure to come over to Instagram and let both me and Sylvia know. Sylvia, do you want to introduce yourself? Um, I'm Sylvia and I am the founder and creative behind Arami. And Arami is a site that is dedicated to supporting anyone in the journey of remembrance, of cultivating your authenticity and aligning your life with your values and truth. So that is me for Arami. <laughs> How do you spell the name of your business? So Arami is basically spelled as a, uh, so a. Uh, Raw, R-E-W, me. I basically conceptualized that idea from authenticity. And I basically made a poll and my friends picked a Rami. So that was how it happened. Naming things is always a fascinating <laughs> aspect of business. What were some other ones? Or are they like, are you holding them in case they come to be? No, um, I kind of like forgotten most of them, but they're along the line of authenticity, authenticity something. But it, it just didn't really hit me so much as Arami has. But it's nice to know, like, I know people struggle with the name and some of them associated it with Lord of the Rings or something or some character <laughs> along there. Some of them could clearly pronounce it the right way and some of them thought it was a Sanskrit word or something. But it really resonated with me. And I think that's kind of how I want to carry my brand and my business. Yeah, it's a really beautiful name. Do you offer courses? Do you offer one-to-one coaching? Right now, what I'm having as my main offering on Arami is called Bava. It's a mindfulness self-love toolkit that basically helps design. It's designed to help someone navigate the highest embodiment of self-love with um, mindfulness, inner work, and resilience. So Bava is more of like a tool that integrates personal development and spirituality. It can be seen like a very deep 
work, inner work and shadow work together. For anyone who resonates with it, I highly recommend them to have a look. But otherwise, I do have a lighter version, also called Four Days of Mini Bhava. It's basically more of an introduction and a less deep dive to your self-love. It's offered for free on my site, so you can actually look it up, arami.com. I think self-love, it gets passed around as a buzzword to be mm-hmm. find self-love. But no sustainable change comes without embodied self-love. It's mm-hmm. not just talking about self-love. It's not just wanting self-love. It's what does self-love mm. feel like? Like yeah. acting from a space of self-love, what is that? Yeah. Yeah. I do cover um, topics on, obviously, I call it the topic of inward, where I do cover getting clear on what self-love is on different levels. Mm-hmm. And then I do look at it in an in, inner child kind of perspective as well. And getting through fears, boundaries, my favorite part of Baba, it's definitely the resilience topic because I feel, yes, we cannot always achieve self-love, but what is self-love when life is always going to be there, whereby there will be challenges and circumstances that's going to be bringing us down or nurturing our growth, but we need that resilience within to actually help us get through them, which is why I like to look at Bhava as more of an integrated approach of spirituality and personal growth. And I've kind of like conceptualized all of these themes. I know for me, when I, I feel like I'm practicing self-love, it's when I'm being responsive and not reactive. Mm-hmm. When I'm in situations and I find myself being able to take a step back or being able to go for a walk instead of getting angry or heated I think anger there's so much value in anger but unnecessary anger or you know self-love if if my response is to be angry and to take up space as someone being angry it's it's to not come from a reactionary place but to know Mm. I can come from a space that is much more responsive in in bhava I emphasize a lot about feeling your emotions so including anger and any heavy emotions but knowing that these are teachers to something that you could look into deeply. So working through them and working on them before perhaps imposing it on someone else or a repeated situation. I guess just being really comfortable with your emotions is something someone who really embodies self-love would be like. And it's not someone who's going to be always peaceful. I mean, I do appear to be very peaceful, but there are times where I'm triggered. But I guess it's finding yourself at those moments where you are triggered, but knowing that it's offering you a deeper lens to actually work with yourself. I think there's warrant sometimes to be really sad or to be angry. Angry, I talk about it as like an action energy. Mm. I had to be angry to start my blog. I had to be mad that no one was talking about this stuff. And that that's a, a, an empowered use of like fire element and anger. Mm. A lot of time, especially like as women, it's it's looked down upon to be angry and it's expected of us to always be the peace bringers. And that can border on martyrdom if we're we're not careful, which is, is the opposite of self-love. So sometimes mm. to take up a bunch of space as someone who is angry is a beautiful expression of self-love. Definitely. I think honoring your emotions is so important. Speaking of emotions, I associate you so much with the the element of water. Don't you work in water or did you? I do. Yeah. Yeah. So 
Um, in my previous occupation, before I stepped in as a digital entrepreneur in Arami, I was a diving instructor and working in many different beautiful locations around the world. So yeah, I've been very associated with water. Water is a huge theme in my life. Mm-hmm. So I'm definitely like very Piscean. I think a lot of people do see me as someone who is very relaxed, like a pacifist, someone who is super peaceful. How do you get yourself out of more watery moments when you're kind of getting bogged down by being too flowy? Yeah, I think this is like an end puff thing whereby we sit with our emotions and want to feel and want to create and want to be receptive most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, that was the reason why I kind of joined EIB. I just really wanted a healthy, masculine guidance and clarity on having a structure. In my entrepreneurship, I try to optimize different time of the day for different tasks, whereby I honor healthy masculine and feminine. But I think it's also important to realize that we adore as empath, that we naturally sit in the feminine. And I'm a projector in human design as well. So I'm naturally receptive and naturally meant to sit around. I wouldn't say sit around, but, you know, be drawn to what we are curious in. But I think we also need to take masculine actions in terms of the inspiration we draw upon in the feminine. So it's very important to always find a healthy balance for both of it. What would you say, so if someone was listening and they've never heard of masculine and feminine energies, what would you say is a more masculine task as opposed to what's a more feminine? I wrote about this in Arami, but it's simply about goals and intentions. Mm-hmm. So goal is very masculine driven. You know, you want a desired and ambition result in a specific timeline. But I like to have more intentions to guide my day instead. And an intention is what I would define as like a conscious expression of what you want to achieve in heaven. It could sound, it could mean very similarly in some ways, but they're also very different. So in, in the world that we live in as an entrepreneur, we talk a lot about productivity and being goal driven. And that is a very like, you know, to do, you need to do more, you need to be more, you need to produce more. And feminine, it's really about embodying and energizing certain values, allowing them to kind kind of guide your day. I try to start my day in a very feminine kind of way. For example, I, I start with a two field list. So instead of a to-do list that I did before, I transform it to a two field list, more of like what I feel like doing today. And it's kind of guided to like what I'm curious and what I'm excited about. So for example, if I really feel like getting into creating or I feel like playing a guitar, so I would dedicate some time to creating music, just being alone with my guitar, just seeing how I feel to guide me instead of like what I need to do. But obviously, you know, you must know your roles and, you know, what you want to achieve as an entrepreneur. So you do need to take masculine actions along there. But yeah, yeah, just an example of intentions and goals, that would be how I would explain masculine and feminine energy. Yeah, that's a very good way to differentiate them. In terms of goal setting, like how I see it is goal setting, you map out where you want to be and then you backtrack and say, I have to do this and then this and then this and then this to reach that goal. That's more of the masculine. And whereas the feminine is more of like, okay, this is where I want to be. I'm going to take that first step and then I'm going to allow my heart to show me what's next. 
it's more yeah. open, it's more of surrender. The masculine energy, if you look at it from like an energetic perspective, it's an arrowhead. So it's like very mm. forward focus. And whereas the feminine's more of a cup. And so it's like very receptive. It's it's very much like an open vessel to receive. And so when you're setting an intention, it's like you then open yourself to receive your next steps. Whereas the masculine's more focused on knowing the next steps or like being certain like that yeah very pointed energy where the feminine is completely okay with being Mm -hmm. uncertain because she just knows everything works out and the the masculine needs more of the knowledge the more of the this is going to work out because I'm going to take this step so that's really I love the idea of goal setting versus intention so in terms of business, and you know this from EIV, but like profit goals are incredibly important. How do you approach something as quote unquote masculine or real world as profit? Honestly, I think it's important to be honest that this is what we sign, we, we need to be um we need to honor and we need them in our life. Like these figures and these numbers are what we need. It validates us in our journey and why we chose to become an entrepreneur in the first place, right? Yeah, I definitely did have an aha when I was doing the EIB in many sections. Um, I really, really enjoyed the masculine part of it, which is all about getting clarity on becoming a businesswoman, including the figures, the numbers, the sales funnel and everything. But having a balance or knowing that I can approach it in a feminine way as well, is kind of what I really was looking for in EIB embodied that. For someone who has no knowledge about sales funnel or anything about marketing, that was all the answers that I needed. And to actually find solutions in a more feminine approach, right? So you did share about, you know, obviously a, a marketing strategy that is within a more feminine space whereby you're more attracting your ideal clients. Mm-hmm. And that resonated so much with me. I think I mentioned to you and I brought it up in our calls there was a way of a marketing strategy that a lot of people were doing on Instagram, whereby you, you might gain more followers by following other people. And it was something that just don't resonate in my soul. And I, I asked you this question, and then you told me to listen what makes me feel good. And that was exactly what I needed. I still don't do that because it doesn't resonate with me. Mm-hmm. And I believe that my kind of work is naturally receptive and feminine, you know, like you probably felt like it was very Piscean and I think sharing it more in that embodiment in that space is kind of how I attract my clients anyway so yeah that was something of many things that shine a light for me during the EIB. I I really like how you spoke to the feminine marketing because mm. that was a big aha in my journey it was like I can be softer with this I don't have to go out and chase people And before I had the knowledge of masculine and feminine energies, I didn't know how to ground that I was different, that I wanted to do things differently. I was just like that hustle and that in your face energy just doesn't work for me. That's that's not who I am. And I remember getting this visual. I was in a coaching call with someone one time and, and I was talking with her about feminine marketing. And it was just like I was like channeling it. I was just talking about it. And I was saying how if you imagine like a tunnel, a masculine marketer, someone who coming from a masculine space would 
push through and like run up that tunnel if someone was walking by and chase after the person and be like, hey, like I'm here, like and and, and pull them into the tunnel. Whereas the feminine energy stays where she is at the back of the tunnel and holds her worth. And then that person gets curious and that person like peeks their head in the tunnel and then ends up walking down that tunnel and coming to the feminine energy. So like the masculine goes to the person, it's wanting to quote unquote attract and, and chases after. And that's like that desperate energy. Cause if it's not done well, like if it's not done within integrity, you sense it. Like that's salesy, that's slimy. But the feminine energy, the feminine energy just holds her worth. She sits at the back of the tunnel and the person gets curious and then they come to her. And when I I recognize that there was two different ways of doing it and I was much more feminine and I allowed myself to market from a feminine space, which is internal first. It's knowing my worth. I, I sometimes share that like in terms of creation, co-creation, the egg doesn't leave the womb. It doesn't go changing, <laughs> you know? The sperm yeah. comes to her. I fully agree. I love the, you know, the analogy with the tunnel and the feminines like that holding that, you know, that candle or that beacon and, yeah. you know, someone else on the other side of the tunnel could definitely see it. And yeah. you're just going to be magnetizing that person to you. Yeah. And I just love that approach. There's not many people who will approach entrepreneurship or business in general in a feminine kind of perspective. And they're not enough like marketing structures or strategies that actually preach about authenticity sincerity and you know tapping into like how you feel and your capacity but focuses a lot more on like perpetuating like the other or like the other our client kind of like scarcity or you know yeah you know yeah something along there and I didn't really really like that I agree you can relate I know we talk about this in the program but it's it's very much when you see something like that or when you feel that something's not for you, not from like a sabotage perspective, but from recognizing that you want at the core of your business, your business values to hold integrity and hold authenticity. It's okay mm-hmm. to see the way some people are doing it and to say, that's not for me. And to allow yourself to open and receive to a different way of doing it. Of course, you need some of the masculine traits but the way I like to see it is I'm 70% feminine 30% masculine and so I see it (laughs) yeah the masculine will hold me down it holds me grounded it allows me to reach my goals it allows me to have confidence confidence is a masculine trait so that's all really valuable but at the end of the day I can't fight the fact that I'm feminine so working with it and not trying and not allowing myself to see feminine as as something to be worked on or, or too soft for entrepreneurship, that's not the case. To be a, a feminine entrepreneur, there's so much power in that. There's so much value in, in being magnetic and not falling into hustle mindset and definitely believing in any of that. You can come from a very empowered and healthy place when you honor your feminine energy. Definitely, I resonate so much with it. Even though I was an empath, you know, I thought I was kind of like I needed to do more, produce more. But then I really was living in a 
really just out of my design and I just didn't want to carry on and honor that anymore. And a huge part of my business is about cultivating authenticity and I wanted to make sure that I fully embody that first so I can help my clients achieve that as well, you know. I think it's always going to be a theme that comes up whereby I always have to focus on balancing and having a healthy integration of both energies. I don't think just in business, but like personal and work life, you know, harmony and just all of that is a huge thing. Yeah. And I think where the feminine's been so pushed down, she has to speak louder. So it's like mm-hmm. people burn out so, so that they listen. Burnout's just the feminine. Correct. You can't do this anymore. And the mm-hmm. more you don't listen to her, the more she's going to burn you out. But, but when you start to listen to her, life does get more flowy. And not even flowy, life gets more, it's just smooth. It's like, yeah, you, you're not trying to be something you're not. And mm-hmm. I know it's, um, you were saying how this works in business, so you need to balance in business, but also life. And I think mm-hmm. if you, the feminine knows that you are not separate. The masculine is good at separating business from other aspects of life, but the feminine's like, no, no, it's all combined. And too, like the more I embody my feminine within romantic relationship and within my friendships and in every area, not just business, the smoother life gets. And because it's my my truth. I had a question for you though, because you work with people around authenticity. I'm curious, someone listening, what are some things that might show them that they're not living I want to say in integrity like self-integrity but living in authenticity because I think sometimes it's hard to recognize what's maybe one or two things that people could recognize within themselves so I would say the ability to be with themselves I think which is why my work kind of revolves along a lot about self-love because I think if you're able to sit with yourself and your thoughts and your emotions like just take um, the pandemic for example I think where I am I'm in Singapore right now and when we had the lockdown it shook a lot of people because some of them had to be alone Mm. and obviously I love the pandemic in one way because a lot of people who were unhappy in the first place kind of lost that string to them like in their jobs But a lot of people were also presented with that choice and that experience whereby they had to sit with how they actually feel. A lot of people who were depending on external validation, social activities, struggled really much in, you know, having to sit with themselves alone. I have a client who really struggled during this, that time and really showed to her how she has been giving her power away when lockdown happened. She felt very frustrated and she couldn't really sit with herself that was a scary thought for her to kind of like a reminder that she was living from a very inauthentic space all this while that she was living things for security for people for validation yeah and another one being able to let go if you're living from a space of integrity right I think knowing that you can let go of for example everything that you have achieved for something Mm, it's difficult to explain. I, I don't think I have a good grips about this. I think you're really onto something because authenticity is a moment-to-moment thing. And so to live in authenticity means allowing who you were before to dissolve away. 
And when Mm -hmm. we have attachments to things and we're not able to let them go, we'll stay in those things out of fear. So the ability to let go, if you're grasping and not allowing yourself to change, you're probably not within authenticity because authenticity is, is fluid, but it moves and grows as you do. So you're onto something. Yeah, we hold a lot of attachment to many things. A lot of people in my world look for traveling as a form of escapism. And that's something I resonate a lot because I'm a huge traveler and I've lived in many countries. But that's also because at the start of my travels, I used to be one of them. Mm-hmm. And I used to seek to heal by leaving, like geographically leaving. But I've also learned that I'm just I'm escaping from the situation, the responsibilities and what I needed to get through with. Obviously, there's so many positive attributes to traveling, you know. But a lot of people are just using it as a momentarily um, form of relief from something that they haven't been living back in their life that they are super happy and proud of. And that's a huge indicator of whether or not you want to choose to stay in that space or whether or not you want to, you know, take an action on that. For me, it's been in my journey, I think my soul kind of resonated with that very strongly because I can never stay in a, a job, for example, except my diving career, whereby I, I can stay and outlast myself longer than expected. But um, I think I really recognize very deeply about myself and I reflect about it when these kind of thoughts and emotions comes up and I notice them. And that's kind of how I see that it's something I need to do about and whether or not I choose to take action or carry on living in that space but I'm consistently going to be giving my power away to someone like a job or some person or I think too I want to flow from here because you brought up a really important point of escapism Mm -hmm. I think escapism can be a detriment of a more watery energy when they don't want to face something it's like okay on to the next thing you know I'll just flow over here Mm -hmm. I also think about escapism from the perspective of when you are living your authenticity, when you're living your truth, you don't want to escape from your life. So you don't want to go on a trip to escape the job you don't like. You want to bring that job with you because you love it that much. One of my biggest ahas around career, I remember being in the break room at a social work job. And I remember looking around, it was lunch. And it was like the one little break that I got. And I had a lot of pressure to be a social worker, external pressures. And I remember sitting in the break room and the break room was an escape. It was like, okay, I can breathe for like a couple minutes before going back to this thing that's really heavy. And I remember just sitting there and telling myself, I'm like, okay, I don't want to be here. I don't want to be in this role. A lot of people want me to be in this role, but they're not sitting in my body here in this moment struggling and so I don't want a life that that I only have peace for five ten minutes while I eat lunch I don't want that life and that was such a powerful pivot because I mean pivot points moments where you decide something isn't working anymore and you choose the opposite for me Mm. I was like I'm leaving this profession because I don't want a life I have to run away from I really yeah I think the escapism plays a role you know you're not living your truth if you feel like you have to run away from your life 
when you're living authentically, your days, they're you. They're an extension of you. Do you find that now in your life that you wake up and you're like, okay, like this is me? Yes, so much. Someone, a friend asked me um, a few months ago whether or not I've, I've been happier than I was like, say, four months before. And I was like, totally, like the reason why, I mean, just side check a little why I see COVID as like a best thing for myself. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I had time to do EIB, but also because I have to be let go from my job. And that was that very emotionally unfulfilling job. It was an amazing job, but it was a job that my soul just couldn't identify that with, you know, like mm-hmm. at the core, it just felt very, very wrong. And now that I'm actually building something up, that is my, something I'm so proud of. And I'm taking on a mission that I'm here to serve. Mm-hmm. And I'm just so happy that, I guess that recognizing, I mean, like, <clears throat> In EIB, we did a lot of self-discovery at the first part of the first few sections of the modules. And what I really liked was that it was very healing, very integrated, and allowed me to really see myself or what I'm worth, and obviously my gifts and everything. And I think the ability to actually know that worth part of me, it gave me so much courage by just recognizing that I have that gift and I'm here to honor and my wisdom and my knowledge and help serve other people. Everyone here has a gift as well. And we're here to kind of like tap into it, reclaim it, rediscover it and share it with the world. That's kind of what I firmly believe as well. I was talking to someone today who was asking like, what's your favorite part about Amplots and Business? And I'm like, that we're all doing something different, yet we all have to go through this process of, of unearthing it and reclaiming it and we can find sisterhood in that there's so much to be said about authenticity i think it's a conversation we could go on for yeah i agree i wonder what is your absolute favorite i guess to put the question someone asked me to you what's your favorite part of the work that you do honestly i love creating and i love to know that it's been helpful I think it's just a project side of me to know that my work is being seen and it's been valued and obviously it helped transform some people. I mean, like I have clients who came and tell me how much like Bava has changed their life and some of it could be viewed for me like very subtle, but some of it for other people could be a huge thing. And knowing that I've impacted them in the little or the big ways that they, they call it, I think that's the most um, important for me. And it's kind of like knowing that I can keep helping other people is pretty much what I, I'm excited about, which is why I, I know this is how I'm here to serve and what I want to give back to the world. Something I like to keep in mind is your gifts come so naturally to you. And oftentimes we don't see them as gifts. We see them as just these things that we do. So you just spoke to that where you said it might be really subtle to you, but it's life-changing to someone else. Oftentimes, when we still have worth work to do, we don't see that we really can create a life. Not even we really can, like it's our duty to create a life doing these things that we were gifted for. A lot of people look at themselves in a very disempowering way whereby they don't honor what they're naturally good at and what could potentially be their gifts as well we do not acknowledge each other gifts or what we are naturally good at 
as much as we should, I think, in this world, which is why I try to obviously do that for people and my clients, which is to see that they have that light and that beautiful gift that they have within them. And I'm just hoping that they will want to take that leap of faith, reclaiming that. Empaths are really good at, at seeing the truth of someone. We see mm. to the core. And can we have the confidence to share that, to let someone know that they have something like authenticity or for you, such a peaceful energy. Like you're so mm. peaceful to be around. I feel calm. I came into this call kind of feeling like, oh, I've got a lot to do. And I just feel really calm after talking to you. It's like being on the beach on a, a very, not a very sunny day where it's too intense, but like a medium sunny day. And it's just like hearing the waves. I guess a big part of me is just being very grateful for everything I have. Even in, you know, the times where it's gloomy and dull, they kind of give me this peaceful energy that I try to bring to everyone. Yeah. Even in the, the dark, scary, uncertain times, I try to make sure that my message and my energy kind of uplifts others. So thank you for seeing that. <laughs> You're welcome. How do you keep your energy clear? I need a lot of alone time and I'm learning to lean on it even more. Also, having an, a healthy integration, for example, I really need movement in my life. So I need to do some form of workout or skating. I recently got back into roller skating um, mm -hmm. or even just creating, like playing the guitar, playing my one song or two songs that I know, meditating. I usually love to at least start the day of meditation or end the day of a meditation. Yeah, that's kind of how um, I, I ground myself. Do you have any specific meditations that you follow? Um, so I'm so one part of Arami that I actually infuse a lot with is Kundalini Yoga. I am a practitioner of it, but I'm not an instructor. But I do heavily believe in the concepts and ideas and the power of mantras. So I do share that a lot with my sessions and my offerings. But I do lean into Kundalini mantras quite often for meditation. But also lately, I've been working a lot with binaural and um, brain entrainment. So for example, using specific theta and alpha wave patterns to kind of like stimulate my brain mm -hmm. for either relaxation, focus, concentration. You had us listen to something in EIB. Yeah. Yeah, that was so oh, cool. No. I know. <laughs> I, that excited me. So I just really naturally want to share the excitement of people. Music is a huge part of my life. I think that's also how I kind of ground myself. But um, that was, I just loved the idea that how you could bring like um, a house, a techno kind of music into, you know, and training your mind to have fun and loosen up and just play. Yeah. That was kind of how how that track was for me and how I really wanted to share it with you guys because I think we were talking about the theme about playing and about being in a feminine and, and playing a lot. Sometimes when I do feel like I need that form of play, I listen to either AD or I listen to a lot of reggaeton and I just feel like I'm pumped up to kind of move around or dance a bit. I know something that people like to to learn about or have curiosity about is the day of an entrepreneur. I know people mm. are asking me like what my day looks like. So, I mean, as an entrepreneur, you take on many different roles. So no day is the same, which I don't know about you, but I love that about being an entrepreneur. But mm -hmm. what would you say would be like a common day 
I only work for a few hours a day, maybe like four or five hours. And then I leave the rest to play or relaxation or rest. Like you said, I don't think there is a specific or firm way of moving things around. But I really like to be guided of how I feel naturally during that day and structure my my four or five hours of work. I try to optimize the flow state, like a state of mind whereby you try to be productive and you feel great in, in a specific activity. So writing content, marketing is not my favorite, but something that I'm taking on right now as well. So I basically eliminate distractions and try to hone ways to get my focus in and deliver that four to five hours of flow state. And that's kind of how I revolve my entire day around. And obviously it could be broken up into maybe one or two hours and maybe three to four hours. But that's kind of how I honor my day as an entrepreneur. And then the rest of it, I'm just honoring myself to rest and relax and catch up or like do that kind of stuff. I've learned that for me, I like to write like a weekly goal. The the list never exceeds like 10. So Mm. I really want to be honest with myself with what I can achieve so I don't obviously lead myself to burnout and obviously don't lead myself to disempowered kind of state either. Other things that I would say are important, I think as an entrepreneur and as a woman, I try to tap in more on the feminine in some sense. So I kind of tune in more into our menstrual cycle. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's shared a lot enough, but um, I'm learning to lean onto it. So right now my menstrual cycle kind of aligns with the new moon and, you know, the the new moon cycle. So like knowing that specific weeks of the day, I'm more optimized and tuning to me being a woman. For example, I would say during new moon when I'm having my menstrual, I would say I'm optimizing or trying to have more rest, being more reflective. I would say just arranging my entire day around a few things like that. Flow state, intentions to feel Working in a cycle, I, mm. I love that. I do that as well. It's definitely evolved more as I've tuned into myself. The more I've come into the feminine, and my mm. feminine, the more I, I just felt affinity to that. And I started mm. to notice patterns. It was never something that was forced because, I mean, the feminine is never forced. You just mm. start to see like, oh, during these few days, I'm really yeah. tired. So yeah. I'm not going to schedule something really big and important. I I was talking to someone about rhythmic sales as opposed to consistent sales. I think mm-hmm. a lot in business has talked about, you know, you need to have your consistent 5k months, which for some mm-hmm. people they want that. But I know for me as an entrepreneur, I work much more in a rhythm. So I like to have huge months and then more slow months and then huge mm. months and then more slow months. And that's just me tapping into the feminine as well, knowing within the cycle of a year, there's some months where I'm much more able to show up for people and to, to do the output work. And then there's months where I need to do my inner work. And so those months are more about my passive income as opposed to running courses. So I, I think that's beautiful what you just brought up about the cycle and how that's like a, a big way you can start to incorporate more feminine is by just noting if you're a woman, but also mm. men, men go through cycles as well when they're in their feminine to just start to take note of where you're pushing yourself when your body might be saying rest. Or where your body's wanting to 
to do some work and you're sabotaging it. Start to tune in in that way. Do you have mm. any tools to help people tune into the body? And then uh, I'll start to let you go because I know we've been chatting for a while. I don't have specific tools for that, but I really tune in a lot of the astrology. So transits, the moon, the retrogrades, but I kind of lean onto kind of how it reflects on my natal chart as well. And um, really about, I think, just tuning inwards in general, just having the awareness to notice how you feel, your emotions, what comes up, for example, the need to rest. And if you don't start taking ownership or acknowledgement around the, the need to be rested, I think our body just has a way of backfiring. It's going to happen. A burnout is going to happen. You're going to get ill at some point. And also when it's time to show up, I think not self-sabotaging. I think it's something that empaths probably do a lot mm-hmm. when you get too flowy. Um, yeah, they escape uh, them as a, a form of self-sabotage. Correct. It's so very- um, I definitely don't want to let it overtake or overrule how I want to show up in my business. I really loved how you tune into yourself and your rest and your inner cycles. I think that is very empowering and it's kind of how I see myself as a future end path as well. I don't see sales or income or anything as being very linear. I don't think that's very for me either, which is why I'm naturally drawn to your energy. I mean, that was why I decided to join EIB because I just knew that I wasn't resonating with other business causes by other entrepreneurs or other similar people, you know, but I was just drawn to your, your, your way of working and your way of living because you're obviously living a life that is true to your values and, and yourself. And it was what I was drawn to because that's kind of what I want to share with other people as well. Yeah, I think really just tuning inwards and listening to your emotions I think feeling, feeling and, and see what excites you, what makes you curious. And if that is what your body wants right now, if you need to go out for that walk or you need to take a sabbatical from your work, honoring them is so important as a human being and as an entrepreneur. Because obviously as an entrepreneur, we have that leverage whereby we can take things as in our own terms. And I think sometimes we need to let loose and really honor ourselves before our business in some sense. Obviously, after we we optimize certain things and systems, you know. I heard this quote once, actually I read it, and it said something along the lines of, your body holds more wisdom than your deepest philosophies. And I had chills when I read that because, well, Mm -hmm. I mean, that's my body, right? My body's giving me chills to say, this is important. I know in business, my body is my greatest asset. It tells me what I need to be doing and in what moment to reach my goals or to follow my intentions. And like an example is a couple months ago, I fell off a chair and I, I hit my tailbone. I don't know mm. if you hit your tailbone, but I, I was reflecting on it and I'm like, this is a very purposeful injury like why did this happen and around that time I did a lot of thinking around the foundations of my business and how I wanted to shift things on a very deep foundational level so like my sales funnel and and how I wanted it to move and move different and it was my body telling me that I was thinking a lot about how the front of your body is how you show up and so if you have things happening on the front of your body maybe like rashes it's telling you 
a message around how you show up. But then the backside of your body is more about like what you don't show. It's, it's like the backside of a business. It's the things like the mm. funnel. And so my body was just so smart to get hurt in that moment to say, no, we got to shake this up. And you actually need to bring focus away from being so in the world, so front focused and come back to the back of your business and your life and, and build up foundation so that you can feel much more rooted and much more secure. So I thought that was pretty cool. And it, it speaks to like tuning into your body. There's so much wisdom in your body. Yeah, I love that so much. I'm going to start to exit out of our conversation, but I would love to give you the floor to just leave a word of advice or maybe something that's really resonating with you now in life that could help someone else. Just something you want to leave the listener with. It's definitely like one of my biggest aha that I have in EIB and definitely something that fuels me and a very important reminder for me. But it's basically to tune inwards and to listen to your soul and that you do have a purpose and that you do have a gift and the world needs you for your light and your wisdom. And when you step forward to that role, success is really on your side. Where can people find you? I have my site, so it's www.irami.com. Um, you can find me on Instagram as well or on Facebook. I'm so excited you're here, and I'm, I'm so grateful you went through the discomfort to show up. And I know mm. you're sick, and I appreciate you being yeah. here. Yeah. Yeah, I think you, you probably know it. I think the discomfort always comes like at the last straw when you're actually going to show up. And I, I, I feel that a lot sometimes when I have to come on, like show up and stuff. But it's really empowering when you step out of that and you got over that. Yeah. And then when you can look back at it and, and see like a year from now when you're on a bunch of podcasts and you're showing up everywhere, you're going to be like, why was I so scared to do that? It's going to seem so small. but in the moment, it's huge because you're expanding your comfort zone. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, come over and say hello to us over on Instagram. I'm at the Diary of an Empath and Sylvia is at Arami and then like an underscore, but you'll find that information below. You can just click and, and go see her. There is a full moon coming up. I'm going to probably put out something if you listened if you grabbed the the chance to come to a gathering with me I am really excited about that that's the day after the full moon so I might make that priority and not put out an episode but I can feel some episode ideas swirling so I might put out another episode and just this past weekend I recorded another interview which I'm super excited about it's with another Alex but she's a teacher and she is another beautiful soul. I'm surrounded by beautiful souls, but we had a really good conversation on building self-trust, which I know is a thing for a lot of us. So that episode will be coming out soon-ish. So definitely subscribe if you're enjoying these and if you're loving them to leave a review over on iTunes and we will talk soon. Thank <laughs> you.